forgot to pick up an outline, raise your hand real fast and we'll make sure you get one. Right there in the middle, <coughs> Brother Johnny on this side, several over here. All right, run like the wind. <coughs> run like the wind. All right. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Yes. All right. James chapter number one. James chapter number one. Did we get everybody? Did we get everybody? Did we miss anybody? All right. Here's a major question. Here's an important question for tonight. How many of y'all have ever gotten in trouble because of your mouth before? All right. Now, now all the rest of you are lying. You're lying. Uh, <clears throat> how many of y'all have said things and thought, why did I say that right there? Amen. Uh, uh, it's kind of like, like the old funny sayings, you know, and the fight started, you know. Uh, the wife asked the husband, is there anything on TV tonight? He said, yep, dust. <laughs> and the fight started. Amen. Amen. Uh, tonight is, is going to be all about the tongue. The danger, the power of the tongue. Uh, you know, we've been going through the book of James and James chapter number one. Uh, we talked about being a mature Christian and a mature Christian knows how to deal with difficulty, uh, knows how to deal uh, with struggles, knows how to deal with trials, if you will. And then in chapter number two, he knows how to deal with the truth and how to, how to practice the truth. Well, tonight he's going to talk about not trials and not truth, but he's going to talk about the tongue. Uh, he, he is dealing with folks that have a problem basically with running their mouth and, and getting in trouble that way. So he's going to address that. And then, so we're going to talk about, we're going to get some good help at the end. I want to give you some, we're going to do the outline out of James, uh, chapter three, verses one through 12. And then I'm going to give you some practical help on what to do, uh, to deal with a gossip, uh, what to do when you've been gossiped about. How many of you know, uh, you've been hurt before because somebody run their mouth about you? What do we do about that? What do we do about it? Because it is painful. It is painful, and, it, and it's something that deals. They say sticks and stones may break my bones, but word may never hurt me. That's a lie. That's a lie. So let's work on this, all right? Let's work on this. James 3 and verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. My brethren, my brethren. See, this is, this is important that we get that, that word. My brethren. He's talking to believers, He's talking to believers. Uh, and so we, we, we can take from this that even saved people sometimes struggle with their mouths. All right? So we're not exempt from that. When you get saved, that doesn't mean all of a sudden God fixes everything uh, when it comes to that issue. There, we, there's stuff we got to do. You know, there's stuff we got to work on. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Not, not meaning he has no issues or no problems. He's perfect. That word means complete or mature. Mature. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect or mature man. And also able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which, uh, though they be so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listed. Even so the tongue 
is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold. When you see the word behold, he means look, look. Check this out. Look how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. You ought to underline that in your Bible. The tongue can no man tame. Everything in this world man's been able to conquer and man's been able to tame, but not the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. Therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. You shouldn't come to church and sing Amazing Grace and cuss your wife out all the way home. These things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for a full tent. Thank you for hungry people who are here to learn and to study and to uh, grow and change and mature in their faith. God, I, I've had issues with my mouth, and I, I'm very sorry about that. I'm ashamed of the times that, that my mouth got me in trouble or my mouth has hurt other people because of the words that I've said. God, I know we prob this is probably a universal problem, and, and I'm so glad we're all here to learn how to fix this and get better at this. And God, I pray that you'll work on us all, convict us all, change us all, make us better people today. And God, will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, this is a common issue, a universal problem that we have faced in the church for many, many years. You know, and it, we, we've heard jokes about it. You know, I'm not supposed to repeat this, so I'm only going to say it once. You know, I mean, uh, people have have had issues where uh, talking and, 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 and sharing things, uh, especially uh, we've called it prayer requests. I, I just want you to pray about this because... Uh, uh, such and such. How do we know it's gossip? I mean, how, I mean, how do we how do we know when our talking or our sharing or our our prayer requests or whatever it is that we're doing? How do we know when it crosses over the line and becomes gossip? Rick Warren, I, I don't I don't agree with everything he has to say, but he said it good right. And, and when he gave a good definition of gossip, this is what he said: When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem nor part of the solution, we're probably gossiping. Now think about that. When we are discussing something with somebody that has nothing to do with it, has nothing to do with the solution, or has anything to do with the problem, we're probably gossiping. Now what, what, does, what does James have to say here in chapter number 3? Uh, he begins the verse with this. He said, be careful, be careful wanting to be in a, a place of authority. He uses the word, he uses the word here in verse number one. Let me flip back over here. He uses the word uh, masters or teachers, one in authority, uh, one basically in a leadership position. Uh, he's dealing with people who looks at leadership or looks at the position of power or authority as something glamorous. 
I, I've seen people. I've seen people look at at places of position and think, "Well, I'd like to be that, or I'd like to be in that position, or I'd like to." And 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 they look at the uh, the place up on the pulpit and they think this is just this glamorous deal. Well, guys, I promise you this: it is not what it's cracked up to be. Sitting behind the big desk, uh, uh, dealing with all of the issues and all of the problems. Uh, some of you in here, you own your own businesses. And you have people working for you, and they want to be you. But they don't understand the headaches that you go through. They don't understand the nights you sit up worrying about business or how that's going to take place. And what he is saying here, be careful what you want. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful about being in a leadership position because that leader is going to have a greater accountability one day. All right? Now, uh, I don't want to hang on this, but I've got to say this. Uh, uh, there are people in many churches that want to be important. They want to be important. They want to be, and we can term, term it any way we want to term it, they want to be the big dog. They want to be the one in charge. Now, many times, many times, that's because there's an insecurity problem. Now, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are from the front to the back. Everybody wants to feel important. Am I right? Everybody wants to have that. Everybody, no matter who you are, everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to feel important. But sometimes that goes to extremes, and it goes to places it shouldn't go. And, and you say, why are you saying all that? Because many times that is what leads to gossip. Gossip is simply talking about somebody else to make yourself look good. Criticism many times, criticism many times is a veiled attempt to elevate yourself above the one you're talking about. And he says, be careful, be careful. Uh, the second verse, the second verse, he says something very profound. He says, for in many things we offend all. In other words, the word offend here means to stumble, means to trip up. He says this, everybody in here, if we can use this illustration, everybody in this tent is going to make a mistake in many areas of our life. I, 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 listen, if you want to know, uh, make a list about me, I guarantee you, your list is not as bad as what it really is. Because we all make mistakes. We all stumble in many areas of our life. But watch what he says. Watch what he says. He said, we're all going to stumble in many areas of our life. He says, we, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, if any man, in other words, he can have issues in a lot of places, but if he offends not in word, the same man is a perfect or complete mature man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now watch what, now there's, there's basically three aspects of the tongue I want, you to, I want you to take and really get tonight. Number one, the directing aspect or the directing factor. We're going, to go, we're going to go into these verses where he talks about the horse's bits and the, and the rudder of the ship. But watch what he says right here. If a man has the ability to control his tongue, he can control everything else. He can control everything else. Uh, what, does that, what does that tell us? What does that tell us? Uh, the tongue is a very powerful member of the body. Say amen. Now watch. Write these words down. Uh, number one. Number one or A. I want you to see the affirmation. The affirmation. <clears throat> there is a place of maturity. There is a place of maturity, true maturity. And, 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 the, and the maturity level in a Christian is revealed by his ability to keep his mouth shut or to keep his tongue in such a way that it edifies and doesn't break down. If that makes sense, say amen. 
Watch what he says. This man who is complete, this man who is mature, he has the ability to control his tongue. And because of that, he can control every other aspect of his life in, 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 in parts of his body. Verse 3, behold, here it is, that word again. Check this out. Look at this, he says. We put bits, which is a very small thing, a very small, small piece of metal. If you are familiar with horses, everybody should, you know, have somewhat clue what a bit is. It's a little piece of a metal bar that goes in the, the mouth of a horse to control the horse. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Does everybody know? I guess I should have put a picture on the wall. But they, anyway, we see they, we put these in horses' mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeneth. Now, he's comparing the tongue to a bit and a rudder. Now, watch this. Watch this. We see the affirmation. Then we see the illustration. A, a little bit, a little bitty bit can cause a 90-pound jockey to control a 1,700-pound horse. Something so small... Something so small. And, and, I, and I think, I really think he is emphasizing the size of the illustration or the example he's given, like the size of the bit and then the size of this little bit. He talks about a ship. This humongous ship can be in the worst storms and the worst wind and the worst weather, but this little old bitty, this little old bitty rudder controls that whole big old ship. Now, why do you think he's emphasizing the size? Because sometimes I think we think little things are not dangerous. And little things are not important. And little things are not that big a deal. And he's wanting you to say, be careful. It may, it may be a little member, but it carries a whole lot of power. Amen? Now watch, watch. Guiding, directing. James, he says the tongue directs your life. If you want to know where you are going to go in the next five to ten years, look at what you've been saying. If you want to know the direction of your life in which way it's moving, look at the conversations you're having. Look at the words that are coming out of your mouth. We shape our words, but our words shape us. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. What you say can control the direction of your life. I'll give you a perfect illustration. How many of y'all remember the football player Terrell Owens? He played for, if I remember right, he played for the 49ers, he played for the Eagles, uh, he played for the Cowboys, and I think at one time he played for the Bengals. I'm, I'm not, I can't remember, I'm pretty sure that, that last one, but either way, he couldn't stay on any team because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. A man with incredible talent, had a physique like a Greek god, he had, he, it was just Probably his potential was limitless, but he couldn't shut his mouth. And it got him in trouble everywhere he went. His teammates couldn't get along with him, his coaching staff, all of these issues. Preacher, what are you saying? It wasn't his talent that guided his life. It wasn't, it wasn't his ability that guided his life. It was his mouth. It was the words he was saying. It was him allowing his tongue to get him in trouble, and it guided him right into retirement. What are we saying? What are we doing with our mouth? What direction are we going in our life? What are, what are we doing that we could change if we could just learn to change what we're saying, 
change the conversations that we're having, be in more control of our tongue. Are y'all with me? Say amen. The direction factor. Your tongue can greatly determine the direction in your life, for good or bad. Number two, he talks about the destruction factor in verse number five. He says, watch this. Watch this. This is a little member, but it carries so much power and so much ability. Then he, then he begins to, to describe it as a fire. He says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, there's that word again. Watch, let me, let me show you the visual picture he's saying. Look how great a matter, and the word matter there could be wood, timber, if you want to look at a forest. Look at what a great matter, a little fire kindleth. How many of y'all remember, remember the Smokey Bear commercials? How many of y'all remember the commercial with all the matchsticks? You know, how many, how many what, can, what can you create or what can you make? What can you do with 10 matchsticks? And it shows all these different pictures. And at the end, it shows one match. And it says this, what can you destroy with one match? And everybody in here, you've seen the pictures of forest fires. You saw videos of forest fires. You've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of acres, millions of dollars of timber, millions of dollars of houses that were destroyed with one little match. And you know what he's saying? That's our tongue. That's our tongue. Watch. Two things under the destructive factor I want you to write down. We see it's nature. It's nature. He describes it two ways, a fire and a poisonous animal. A fire and a poisonous animal. Two things about the, the little match. First, it's small. It's small. Now, that kind of goes with the first point, the little bit and the little rudder. But what do we get from a little match? Here, here's what we need to understand. A small conversation or just one little word can cause great devastation one little comment one little off-the-hand remark how many marriages have been destroyed because of something a spouse said to the other just just a small little deal that gnawed at them and gnawed at them and just until it festered and became from just a word one little word little match is so small a fire is so small but it doesn't the second part of this is small but it spreads it spreads it doesn't stay small our words do not stay they compound they get bigger they they spread like a cancer they spread like a wildfire <coughs> bonnie miller <clears throat> Bonnie Miller of the Chicago Tribune. She writes these words. Gossip is always hurtful, but once it was limited to note passing, phone calls, scrawls on bathroom walls. It is more pervasive and vicious as ever thanks to the Internet. A senior in high school said as an eighth grader that she was the subject of an online rumor that she had slept with the whole football team. She said, I think it was started by the ex-girlfriend of the boy on the team, but it did not matter where it came from. People wanted to believe it. There was no way to refute it. I wanted to kill myself. That's the pain and devastation that comes from gossip. 
One thing is said to one, and then it's said to another, and then it's said to another. How many of you have ever played the game where you, you, you sit around and you say one thing in the ear of one person, and then by the time it gets around to the other person, it's totally different than what started? It spreads. And, and, and here's, the thing, here's the thing that we've got to understand. It's, it's, like the, it's like the camper, or it's like the, uh, the person that, that starts fires, because I... I'm, I think I was an arsonist in another life. You know, I don't believe in reincarnation, but if I did, I was an arsonist somewhere. Say amen. Because I like fires. I like sitting around fires and all that. Uh, uh, but, you know, sometimes a person will start a fire and it will get away from them. And, and it gets to a place that they can't control it anymore. And, you know, our words are that way. Sometimes when we let words out of our mouth, they get away from us. And they take, on, they take upon a life of their own. And, we, and here's the thing about it. We can never take them back. It spreads. He said, look, look at what a great, a great matter. Or what, look at the, the, this huge forest. One little spark. One little match consumed. He said, preacher, what's the point? Our words are powerful. Our words are devastating. Our words are, listen, the things that we say, we got to be very careful. Now watch what he says. This is, this is really good. This is, this is really practical what he's fixing to say. He said, look at what it can do. The tongue, thank you. Uh, the tongue, verse, verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. What's he saying? Let's just, let's just translate that verse. He's saying, your, your tongue is probably the most devastating member of your body, and it can ruin your whole life. Your whole, the course of your life can be, can be determined or changed or devastated simply by the words that come out of your mouth. Uh, it could be with words with an employer, getting angry, getting angry. In a, in, a, in a moment of anger, you say something to an employer, and you may lose the greatest job you've ever had. And that determines the course of your life. How many times have we allowed words to escalate into physical? Uh, how, many, how many road rage incidents have there been that started from an, a, a word or something of that nature, and now people are sitting in prison? Because of a word. Because of a conversation that was had. Something that was taken out. Are y'all with me? You see how your whole life can change by the words that come out of your mouth. I mean, that's, the, that's the negative part of it. And I, I don't want to leave the chapter. But I, I, I want to say this too. I want to add this word. People's lives have been changed by positive words too. How many people were right on the verge of quitting, right on the verge of throwing in the towel, right on the verge of giving up at all, but, but somebody stopped and out of the blue said a very encouraging thing and changed the whole direction of their life. There's story after story after story of people who were on the verge of suicide, but somebody just out of the blue. I don't believe it's out of the blue. I believe it's God sent. But many times the people doing the, the words and the people doing the speaking don't even have a clue of the impact that their words had on that individual by a positive word. So what are we doing? 
our words that we are using, are they building or are they breaking? Are they edifying? Amen? It gets deeper. Y'all might as well put your seatbelt on. Amen. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. There's something we've got to understand. Verse 7. He gives the illustration. He says, let me tell you how, how serious this is. Every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things uh, in the sea is tamed. Uh, the word tame means to make gentle or familiar or to civilize. They've tamed animals where, where you don't have to worry about them. They've tamed wild animals that if they were in their wild state, they would kill you. I mean, I've seen videos, y'all seen it, you've gone to circuses, you know, the, the dude's in there sticking his head in the, in the lion's mouth, you know, and all these kind of things because they've, they've had an, a, an ability to conquer certain animals and make something wild tame. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. But, but, the tongue can, can no man tame. It is an unruly evil. That means without, without resistance or without restraint. It's an unruly, cannot be restrained. An unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now, here's what, here's what we need to take from that. Uh, I don't know what I gave you last, but here, here's A was its nature. It's nature. It's small and it spreads. B, it's need. What do we need to understand about the tongue? What do we need to understand about the tongue? First, number one, number one, understand reality. We got to just be real about this deal. You can't tame it. You can't tame it. You can't. Here's, here's what I mean by that. You can't ever get to the place where you think it's good. I don't have to be careful what I say. I don't have to think about what I say. I've got a dog at the house. I've got a dog at the house. He's tame. He's tame. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about getting around him. It don't matter. A, a, a little baby could get around him. He's just going to roll over, and he may lick you to death. He may. He may lick you to death. Uh, uh, but, but I don't even think about it around him. I'm not nervous around him. I'm not cautious around him. It's not a... It's just not. He's tame. But uh, I have a coon dog that when he's on the side of that tree and he's really excited uh, and he's really excited, uh, when you go up to him, uh, he may not discern between you and the vine that he was just chewing on. Do I have to describe it any other way? There, there are wild animals that you've got to... When you're around them, you got to be careful. You got to keep your eye open. You got to be. You got to watch. Why? You can't. It's not tame. You don't know what it's going to do. It, it's got potential to do anything. It's unpredictable. Guess what he's saying? Our tongue is the same way. We can never get the mentality in our mind that we don't have to worry anymore. We got this because your tongue cannot be tamed and let me say this here's here's a good way to put this it cannot be trusted cannot be trusted no man can no man can think what in the world do we do watch this first we need to understand reality and then number two we got to keep it caged 
God put two fences to keep that tongue in, your lips and your teeth. And all God's people say it. Don't leave the gate open. Are y'all with me? What do you do? What do you do with a wild beast? You keep it in the cage. How many of y'all have ever been to somebody's house that had a snake for a pet? I've done that. And that was because I didn't know he had one. And when I learned that he had one, guess what I told him? You better keep that sucker in the cage. Because we're going to have real problems. I, 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 I unleash my tongue. Say amen. What do, you, what do you do with something you can't tame? What do you do with something you can't tame? You keep it in the cage, and you keep a watch over it. What has this got to do with spirituality? Watch this. Watch what David said. Psalms 141.3. Let's all read it. It's in your notes right there. It's in your notes. Psalms 141.3. Say it with me. Set a watch, O Lord, before my what? My mouth. In other words, watch this. Set a watch. That means a guard. It means a guard. Watch it. Be careful. Keep an eye. Keep an eye. On what? My. Then it, watch what it says. Say it with me. And you thought I wasn't being scriptural. Listen. Uh, how many times, how many times do we see in scripture you know, uh, how devastating. Go through Psalm, or excuse me, go through Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It's the book of wisdom. The whole book is about wisdom. It, it was written by the smartest guy that's ever been born, that ever will be born, had a supernatural wisdom given him by God, and it will blow your mind how much he talks about the devastation of the, of the tongue. And how words can destroy. And how we need to be careful of what we say. And be careful of how, how the words that we use and the conversations we have. Wisest man ever to live had probably more to say about that than anything. David was a man after God's own heart. I mean, if there was anybody that was as close to the will of God. Matter of fact, according to the scriptures, the Bible said he fulfilled all of God's will for his life. Even in his failures, even in his mistakes, and he made some major, major wicked blunders in his life. But the Bible said he fulfilled all God's will, and the man closest to God's own heart, this was his prayer. God, help me keep my mouth shut. Guard what I say. Guard what I say. You know what I think this teaches us? We can't do this on our own. We can't do this on our own. This does not... This does not, this, this keeping, this watching what we say thing, we don't need to leave this to chance. We don't need to, we don't need to try to do this on our own. We need to say, God, we need help. We need help. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Why? Because we can't tame it. We can't control it. We can't fix it on our own. He says, it is a fire set on of hell. We, we can, we can tame the beast. We can tame the birds. We can tame serpents. And, and we can tame most of nature. Man's had the ability to do that. But the tongue, we can't fix. We can't tame. We can't, we can't, we can't drop our guard. We've got to be careful. 
and keep on guard all the time. Verse 9, verse 9, he gives some, he gives some things that he has seen in people. He says, look, I'm seeing people that are blessing God at one minute and cursing man the next. He said, therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Does the fountain, and he, and he asks a question. He said, listen, let's really think about this. Does the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a, a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh water? Now, a fountain is the source. Fresh water or salt water is the substance. Now, now, now get what he's teaching here. Get what he's teaching. A fountain is the source. The water is the substance. Are, are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch what he's saying. What determines the water is determined by the source. Now what does that mean? The Bible says this. Out of the abundance of the, the heart, the speaketh. What does that mean? What, what you say with your mouth came from your heart. So if we have a mouth problem... It just simply means we have a heart problem. Watch. The decision factor. We got to decide. Proverbs 18.21. Let's read this together. It's right there in your notes. Proverbs 18.21. Death and life. Read it with me. Read it with me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now read that first sentence again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can do one or the other. I was reading some illustrations earlier today and uh, didn't really have time to put them in here, but, but it, it, talked about, it talked about the very first explosion uh, when, when the United States was testing the atomic bomb and the atomic power, and, and, it, and, it, and it described it in vivid detail. You know, uh, it, it said that when, when the, the, the pilots of, uh, I believe it was the Enola Gay, uh, uh, was going across and dropped the first atomic bomb on Japan. They looked back and they seen the mushroom cloud. They seen everything. And one of them looked at the other and says, what have we done? What have we done? But then, then you look and, and it gave the date and the time of the very first nuclear reactor and the very first light bulb that came on because of nuclear science uh, information and the, and the technology that comes with the same, the same stuff, uranium, the same stuff that created a bomb that destroyed thousands and thousands of lives. The same technology lets us have light in this tent. What's the point? Your tongue can be used for such devastating, just devastating consequences. But then it can be used for such a delightful ministry. It's your choice. You choose it. You choose it. What do you want to be? What do you want to be remembered for? Do you want to be the one remembered that's negative all the time? I want you to, I want you to really think about something. Uh, 
we, we said something a while ago. We said something a while ago about, about how it spreads, right? About how, how gossip spreads. It doesn't never stay in one spot. It spreads. Amen? Boy, it's awful quiet tonight. We, we're getting it tonight, ain't we? And, and, and we said it's made it even worse with the Internet. Am I correct? Here's what I want to ask you to do and beg for you to do. Some of you need to quit putting junk on Facebook. If you have a problem with somebody, contact that person. Let's do it the biblical way. And you might find that the drama will greatly decrease in your life. I don't know why nobody wants to hang around me. Because you're too negative. Are y'all with me? Now, I'm just, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Be careful what you put on Facebook. Nobody needs to know all your business. Are y'all with me? Especially as a Christian. And don't, whatever you do, don't be cussing on there one minute and then talking about a Bible verse the next. I saw one picture. It was real funny. Uh, Santa was watching your Facebook post, and for Christmas you're getting clothes and a Bible. Say Amen. Let me, let me tell you something. Here's what happens. Here's what I see happens. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I see couples that have problems. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, let me give you some good advice. The only people that need to know about your problem, if you're a couple and you're having problems, the only person needs to know is, the, is your spouse and your counselor. Because when you go to sharing everybody in the world your problems, all that does is turn them against your spouse. And when your friends see them, they'll think. And then when y'all work it out, they can't. Because we all have problems. And we all going to work them out. That's why you don't need to tell your, your mom or your dad what your problems are in the house. Because it'll cause in-laws to hate outlaws. Say Amen. And you will work stuff out with your spouse, but then the in-laws hate him or her, right? But see, here's what happened. We want to vent. And we want to get somebody to our side to vindicate how we feel. And then when we realize, you know, I shouldn't have said all that. It's, say it, I heard it. It's too late. It's too late. Let me, let's give some practical advice before I get shot in here. Practical. We must understand. We must understand. We got to make a choice. We got to decide. A, we must understand that if we have a mouth problem, we have a heart problem. The problem is not the tongue, it's the heart. Matthew 12, 34, Jesus says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak of good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Matthew 15, 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. Proverbs 4, 23, 
Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Man, we've got to understand that I, if I keep getting in trouble with my mouth, I need to get my heart right. I need to have some heart surgery. I need to, I need to, I need to get, I, I need to deal with the source, not the substance. I need, I need to just go to the, just go to God and say, I got a, I got a heart issue. And I, I'm gonna get real practical here in just a minute on this, and it's gonna really help some. So if you're mad now, just cool it a little bit, and I'll help you with it. All right? I'm serious. This is gonna be. There's, there's something. There's gonna be something that's said here in just a minute. It's probably going to bring tears to your eyes, and it may bring great understanding to what you're going through and why you're going through what you're going through. Uh, we must understand and be, we must utilize. We need to take advantage of God's Word. You realize you've got a power that is incredible at your fingertips that many people don't even utilize. Don't even utilize. As we fill our hearts with God's Word and yield to the Holy Spirit, He can use us to bring delight to others. If you and I are going to have tongues that delight, then we must meet with the Lord each day and learn from Him. We must get our spiritual roots deep into His Word. We must pray and meditate and permit the Spirit of God to fill our hearts with God's love and truth. We've got to have God's help with this. I've got a good, <laughs> good, good friend of mine that typically he's a hothead. And, 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 and before he come to know the Lord... He, 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 it wouldn't take much for him to get fired up. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And, uh, and, 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 well, after he got saved, uh, here, here just, uh, recently, uh, a neighbor came over with, with an issue and, and the neighbor that had the issue is kind of a smart aleck. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't like smart alecks. You got something to say to me, say it, but, but don't, don't anyway, anyway. Well, he really didn't like smart Alex before Jesus, amen. Uh, and 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 so they had to they had to go out and look at something. And uh, this is what he told me. He said, when I walked out of that shop, he said all that was going through my mind was love thy neighbor, love thy neighbor, love thy neighbor. Now he ain't been saved long. Now I'm telling you, he ain't been saved long. But he just and I said. I said, who do you think was telling you that? He said, it had to have been the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> and you know what? He kept his composure. Amen. And because he kept his composure, he kept his testimony. Amen. You know why? Because there was eight or nine people in that shop who knew the pre-Jesus person. Y'all with me? I promise you, Without the help of God, that wouldn't have happened. Y'all with me? Let's utilize God's help. Let's utilize. And by the way, I promise you, I promise you, and you can believe it or not, deny it or not, but I guarantee you this. Every time you, if you've got Jesus in your heart. Now, some of you, you've got a mouth problem because you need to get saved because you don't have that help yet. You don't have that assistant yet. You don't, you don't have that person in there convicting you. But if you are saved, I promise you this, right before you say something stupid, God says, <coughs> am I telling the truth? And here's what's going to happen. There's going to come a day that, that, that the pain of being stupid is going to be worse than swallowing your pride and just doing right. When me and Tammy first got married, you know, 
I, 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 I said some stuff and because I was ignorant and I was prideful and I was stubborn and all that. I'm none of them things now. <laughs> so when God says, I wouldn't say that, I say, you're right, I'm not. <laughs> but there was a day I'd go on ahead and say it and pay for it. Am I the only one that's going to be honest tonight? Am I right? So what happened? God is going to convict you. God is going to say, hey, 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 remember who you represent. Some of you, some of you work in here and you work for a company and you may have a uniform or you may have a, a, the name of the company. And they always tell you, you remember that name that's on your shirt. Well, I got something more important than that. Remember that name that's in your heart. You don't just represent temple. You represent Jesus. Amen? All right, here's some practical help. Oh, we got plenty of time. Practical help. Here's some things that we can remember. What causes people to get crazy with their mouth? I mean, really, what causes people to speak out of turn? And, well, one thing, number one, is nature. It's our nature. We struggle with it. It's that flesh that we have to fight every single day. Our sinful nature is to speak to benefit ourselves, even if it inflicts hurt on other people. Now think about that. Let's be honest a minute. Let's take off the halos and let's just be honest a minute. Everybody wants to be important. And everybody wants to, they want to feel important. They want to be important. And sometimes in order to do that, we have to talk bad about somebody else because we think it makes us look good or better than the one we're critiquing. And it never works out that way. But that's our nature. And if you don't believe me, think about this. Why did you say what you said the last time you said it? What was the purpose of criticizing that other person if it wasn't to make you look better? And the only reason that is, it's our nature. It's our nature. Preacher, what's the point? We got to fight it. We got to fight it. I don't care how long you've been saved. There'll be times you're going to have to fight the urge to talk about somebody. You're going to have to fight the urge of making a comment when you really want to make a comment. And here's the thing. This is what I've learned. There's been times my comment was going to be right. But it wasn't going to be right to say. Just because you're right doesn't give you the right to make the comment. Amen. I'm going to leave that alone. Am I right? Number two, sometimes people have a mouth problem just because of nature. It's our, 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 our nature that we deal with. But sometimes it's nurture. It's what they were modeled in front of them. How many of y'all seen that person that's so braggadocious? I mean, just always running that mouth. And, and, and you, you, if, if you tell a story, they always got one better. You caught a five-pounder, they just caught one six and a quarter. And then you see their parents, and now you got it figured out. Am I right? Now, what's the point? Some of us got to be careful of our raising because some of us grew up around negative people. Some of us grew up around mean and judgmental people. And if we're not careful, we'll be just like them. I, my dad ain't in here, is he? 
<laughs> my granddad, my granddad, my granddad, his name was Leroy Carter. And uh, he's the coolest guy in the world. I'm talking about the coolest guy in the world. But he was so eccentric. I mean, he he would do some of the craziest stuff. And, 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 and he would make my grandmother so mad. I mean, he would do stuff and you just... I, and I, I can't even describe, I wish I had some good illustrations, but he would just do crazy off-the-wall stuff. I pulled in the yard the other day and saw my dad doing something and 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 and, and, and to his house and everything, and I looked, and the first I thought, and then I said it, and I, I, I wished I'd have had this lesson taught to me before I said it. Well, I said, way to go, Leroy. Why did I say that? <laughs> and then and then my wife reminds me you're next. <laughs> Go ahead and make fun of your father. You're next, buddy. What's the point? What's the point? We can't always blame our issues on a raising. That might be where it come from, but it don't mean it has to stay that way. We can change and we can break the cycle. Amen? Now watch, watch. Sometimes it's nature, sometimes it's nurture. Sometimes it's just a negative spirit. It's just a negative spirit. People, people have you ever noticed that person is just not happy unless they got something to be unhappy about? It's just, these are people who see nothing good in the world and they want to share that fact with every person that they come in contact with. Sometimes, sometimes, number four, it's newness in Christ. They're saved, but they're very immature. Some people have never matured in their walk with Christ. I don't care if you've been saved 30 years or 30 minutes. We all need to strive for maturity in our faith. Uh, listen, I, there's something that a lot of Christians need to understand maturity is not automatic maturity is not automatic it takes effort it takes effort it doesn't happen just because you're attending church now there's a measure of some of that that will take place just because of what you hear and just by reason of you being in here and picking up little bits here and there but if you don't take time to spend with God if you don't take time to allow him to mature you and develop you through his word it's not going to be automatic. And all God's people said, all right, how do we put a stop to gossip? How do we put a stop to gossip? It's a universal problem. It's a universal problem. It happens everywhere. It happens in churches. It happens on the job. It happens in the schools. I guarantee you, I guarantee if we could take all of TSM uh, uh, high school and junior high and TSM college and bring them in here, they'd all testify that it's rampant. Amen? So what do we do with it? How do we, how do we approach it and, and how do we deal with it? First, number one, stop listening to it. If you are listening to gossip, you are part of the problem. So if someone comes to you and starts being a negative or, or being negative, saying things about other people, be polite, but simply say, you don't want to hear it. Say it with me. I don't want to hear it. Say it again. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. 
And let me tell you something that'll work even better than that. Whoever they're talking about, say, why don't we go to them and let's get this straightened out. There are people that talk about everybody. They talk about the staff. They talk about the preacher. I dare you. I dare you. Next time somebody comes to you with something about the preacher, something negative about the service, say, well, let's go talk to the preacher and let's get this straightened out. Uh, but, 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 but you're, break, you're break it, breaking up. I can't, I can't, I, I don't know what. I, let, let, me, let, me, let me go back. Let me go back to the beginning. Uh, uh. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem nor part of the solution, we are probably all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Stop listening to it. You know, in, in the Bible, the Bible says when you don't put no wood in the fire, guess what the fire does? It goes out. And the same principle with gossip. Same, don't give them an ear. Don't even listen. Don't even listen. Be polite, but say, I don't want to hear it. Number two, stop the cycle. Stop the cycle. What do you mean by that? If someone is going around talking about someone else, get the person being talked about and try to help them with a problem, if it is a real problem. Gossip will never stop until the problem starts or the problems start being solved. Because, see, here's the deal. Gossiping is really not about solving problems. It's not. You say, why? Because if they really cared about the problem, they would go to the person that had the problem. Y'all with me? And, and so, so let's go back to that heart thing again. Why are they talking about the person with a problem? Because it makes them look more spiritual or more intelligent or more whatever. Does that make sense? Now, watch. Go to that person with a problem and say, hey, what, what can we do to help with this issue? Number three. Start confronting those who spread gossip. That's my favorite one. Start confronting those who spread gossip. When people are spreading stories and gossip, the best way to deal with it is to confront them in a loving but firm manner. Here's what I've, I've had to do. There's been times that, 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 that stuff gets started. Spread, people just run their jaws and stuff, just talking, talking, talking. And, and, and so what I've had to do is go get everyone that's done the talking. Everyone that I heard this and said this and been around this, I just, I just load them all up and put them in the same room. All of them at the same time. I've done this. This is not something I'm suggesting. I've done this. And I say, this is what's being said. This is what the truth is. And this is going to stop. When you, when you get everybody together, it's amazing who don't know nothing. Am I right? Sometimes, sometimes we won't take this step because we don't want to be confrontational. But you know what? I'd rather be a firefighter. Now, trust me. I, I promise you guys. I may sound a whole lot braver up here on this platform than what reality is because I don't like confrontation. I don't like, I don't like dealing with junk like that. I don't like dealing with things that's going to make people mad at me or, or, or hate me or, or, or hurt people's feelings. I don't like doing none of that, but I'm not afraid of it. And you, you have got to come to a place in your life. Sometimes, sometimes this kind of stuff just keeps going because we never just get 
a backbone and stop it. Not in meanness, not being arrogant, not, not being malicious, but just say, look, guys, this is what's being said, and this is what the truth is. Are you all with me? And, and confront it. How do we deal with gossip? We stop listening to it. We stop the cycle. We start confronting those who spread the gossip. Number four, we say it with me. We, oh, that's, that's tough, isn't it? Say it again. We, T, we ask ourselves, what I'm fixing to say, is it? H, we ask ourselves before I say it, is this? Before I say it, I ask myself, I, is it? If I, before I say it, I ask myself, N, is it? And K, is it? Always remember this. Always remember this. Before you fight the battle, decide whether the spoils of war are worth the fight. Think. Think. All right? Here's, here's the part that's going to really help some folks today. What do we do after we've been hurt by somebody's running their mouth? What, what do we do? How do we, how do we get over issues? How do we get over issues when people have said malicious things about us? Raise your hand again if somebody's ever hurt you or by running their mouth. Raise your hand. I want to see it. I want to see it. Raise your hand. Be, be honest. Be honest. All right, now here's, here's the deal. Number one, what do we do when people have hurt us with malicious words? Number one, let it go. Let it go. I know, I know, so preach, I don't know if I can do that. You can do that. If you don't feel like you can, I've got two CDs you need to take home with you tonight called Bitterness and Forgiveness. Because the longer you hang on to the words that have been said against you, the more bitter you're going to get. You say, I'm bitter because of what they said about me. No, you're bitter because how you responded to it. Bitterness is not caused by a wound. It's caused by your response to the wound. What do you mean, preacher? When someone hurts you, According to the Bible, the, the number one thing to do, what God commands us to do, and the only thing that's going to help is forgive them. Amen. Because if you do not forgive them, if you forgive them, the wound heals. If you do not forgive them, the wound festers. And it becomes bitterness. And bitterness, it, this is the way bitterness is described. Bitterness is you drinking poison hoping somebody else dies. So unless you let it go, you got to let it go. Jesus is being nailed to the cross, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You say, but I promise you, being nailed to a cross is worse than what they said about you. Stephen is being stoned. He's being stoned. They're throwing rocks at him till he dies. They're throwing rocks at him till his bones are breaking, till he's bleeding from all parts of his body. And this is what he says, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. He's letting it go. Why? Vengeance belongeth to me, saith the Lord. I promise you, God can slap him harder than you can. It's not a real spiritual way to put that, but God can. Are y'all with me? Listen, let it go. Number two, be gracious. Be gracious. Hey, y'all just ignore that talk out there because I really need to get this. You really need, this is the most important part. Be gracious to those who say things that you don't like. Be gracious to those who speak bad about you. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Here's what I need you to get. Maybe what the person or, or what the person said wasn't meant the way you took it. Maybe the person was having an off day. Maybe there is turmoil in that person's life that you do not know about. 
And please get this. This is such a huge fact tonight that I need every, if you if you didn't get anything out of nothing else, please get this. Hurting people hurt people and are easily hurt by people. Hurting people are offended by the, the least little thing. Hurting people hurt people and are easily hurt by people. Nine out of ten malicious gossips are people who are hurting so bad and so deeply that they may have to hurt others to make themselves feel better. Let's face it. Jesus has put up with an awful lot of things from us. I think we can be gracious to others. Amen? Let it go. Number two, be gracious. Number three, be silent. If, some, if something is being said about you and you do not need to respond, don't. Sometimes remaining silent is the best thing we can do. There was a time several years ago that, that somebody was on Facebook saying all kind of bad things about me in the church and all kind of stuff. And I can't tell you how many times that I typed out a response and God wouldn't let me hit the button. It was, it was malicious lies. And I was getting angry, and I was getting frustrated. And I wanted to respond, and I wanted to take matters into my own hands. And God would not allow me. And you know what he said? He said, Malcolm, if you defend yourself, then I can't. So we remained silent. And you know what? God took care of it. And he took care of it in a way that was better than I ever could because here's what happens many times when you defend yourself how many of y'all ever been watching a football game and one person did something against the other person but when the person that retaliated he's the one got the flag it's always the one that retaliates he didn't start it but he got the flag that's exactly what happened to christians and when you try to defend yourself you make the other person look like a martyr and everybody's saying you're just picking on so-and-so let God handle it. I promise you, I promise you, he's bigger than we are. Amen? Listen, if you can, be silent. Number four, <laughs> this is really important. Keep your words sweet. You may have to eat them. <laughs> and all God's people say it. If you have to respond to a person who is either upsetting you or speaking bad about you, be kind and keep your words gentle. The words that you use carelessly may come back to haunt you. And, and really, probably, probably, without a doubt, the most important, ask God for help. How many of y'all know that many times <laughs> this stuff's easy preaching but hard living? Don't ever forget this statement. Everybody look at me, look at me, look at me. Stop, 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 because I'm going to pray and you can do whatever you want to in the papers. But I know you when you shut the book, you're not listening. So listen, listen, listen. Always remember, no matter what we teach from this Bible, if it's coming from this Bible, you can depend on this verse. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. With God, you can keep your mouth shut. With God, you can, you can be careful with the words that you use. With God, you can have the ability not to respond when somebody maliciously says something against you. Amen? Let's all pray for each other. I need help with this. I know you need help with this. Let's just all pray that we can all be careful with the words that we use. Amen? Amen.
Father, bless us all. Help us to practice this no matter how hard it is. In Jesus' name, bless everybody at home. Have a great week this week. Amen. Good night. Good night.